0: tell me let me guess you from the town
1: that i love I wish you would. all right so version 2.0 version 2.0 that's good uh guys welcome to the crush core real estate hour uh if you've been tuning in on facebook or on uh, youtube channels you've seen us for several years do our do our radio show now we're gonna switch it over to a podcast format nothing changes um all the same information that we gave you then, we're going to be giving you now, a little bit different backdrop, uh, as you guys can see. So we're, we're excited our, about our move here to, the, to Crosstown here in Memphis, Tennessee. So uh, welcome to the show. I am Dean Harris. I am with Crestcore Realty over on Summer Avenue. Thank you guys for tuning in here on Facebook Live. Um, we appreciate all, all the uh, questions and things that you guys will send in there. You can not only watch today's show live, but I will post it uh, right on the Facebook page as soon as we're completed here. You can listen to it at your own pace. Uh, And then the YouTube channel, of course, the Crestcore Real Estate Hour will have everything on our YouTube channel as well. Uh, The Crestcore Real Estate Hour concentrates on investing in Memphis and West Tennessee real estate. We'll focus on all those related topics. We'll be discussing uh, national and uh, local investment trends to give you uh, an inside track on what it takes to become an investor or a bigger and better investor in uh, Memphis and West Tennessee. I remind you guys that every single show that I am an investor. So if you have that old home you need to sell quickly, uh, if you know somebody that needs to, a home they need to sell quickly, shoot me an email, dean at crestcore.com. That's dean at crestcore.com. We'll get you a cash offer on that home today. Uh, we're going to have some investments of the week um, here at the bottom of the hour. I've got three really good properties that I'm going to give you as we usually do um, on every show. Uh, so we'll be happy to bring those to you. Just stay tuned for those. Um, we're going to jump right into it today. Dan Butler, he's our CEO of Crestcore Realty. How are you this morning? Morning. How are you? Good. Dan's, um, you know, used to come in here and there, but you're a, you're a figure and a, 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 a constant presence here on the show. And uh, we really appreciate your insight and, and what you bring to it. So we're happy to have you. Yeah. Uh, Dan, what is your email if people want to email you after the show? Dan at the number 6amcc.com. Dan at 6amcc.com. You guys email any questions that you might have. Of course, mine is Dean, D E A N, at Crestcore, C R E S T C O R E.com. You guys feel free to shoot us an email, ask us questions. We'll be happy to help you about anything we talked about or any other related topics. Uh, feel free to uh, to shoot us an email. All right, we're yeah. gonna dive right into this. Like I said, nothing changes. Yeah. Uh, from the radio show, it's just gonna new look, new look, got new people behind uh, us. Kind of right. like the Today Show. Got to keep ourselves from
0: being that's distracted. Right, but right. Behave ourselves in here. We can't right. carry we got on. an audience. <laughs> yeah. A true live audience now. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> right. We have Maybe really, nobody's listening, but yeah, uh, we really got people walking. To it. I
1: don't know. No, the way I understand it here, we've got people actually listening. So let's uh, let's behave ourselves and stay on track here. All right. So we're going we're in today. We're going to talk about uh, some new things at Crest Core. Big announcement is that we are in Dyersburg, Tennessee now. Yep. Uh, we have just purchased uh, or or partnered Porter. with a yep. company that's up there now. Yep. Um, tell me, this has been kind of your baby the last mm-hmm. few months. Tell me a little bit about Dyersburg and why we're uh, while we're in that area now. Well, to your point, I mean, we have such awesome staff back at the
0: office that allowed me to work on this for the last, you know, six, nine months, Mm -hmm. uh, partner with, you know, our friend Derek up there in Dyersburg and, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, uh, an awesome opportunity for us. I mean, I think it kind of connects us to the, you know, a big chunk of the West Tennessee network with Jackson, Tennessee, with with our office there, Dyersburg and Mm -hmm. and Memphis and, you know, allows us to manage over 3000 houses. Um, you know, over a thousand clients now, which is pretty cool. That's crazy. You know, isn't that you know, cool? So just a lot of synergies. All of our licenses, you know, brokerage to plumbing, HVAC, GC, all that stuff, you know, stays intact with us being in Tennessee. So yep. a lot of capabilities. So, yeah. and I think from your standpoint, I think you should be excited. New you products. Know, new products. Mm-hmm. Got the new construction. Mm-hmm. You've already pre-sold several
1: of those. So yeah. we're excited to be with Derek and... Yeah. He's doing a really good job. I, I feel like that there's going to be a massive amount of opportunity up there. It, it won't, it's not nearly as big as Memphis, but you're sure. going to have uh, the opportunity to get some really good products, mm-hmm. new construction for the first time uh, we're able to offer. So I'm, I'm excited about, you know, I'm in sales, so I'm obviously really excited about new potential. Looking <laughs> chops. Yeah, yeah, ready to go. Yeah, no, it's, it's an unchartered territory. It's untapped well. So I'm, I mean, you've already um, seen the houses. You've already toured them, right? I mean, the new I have been up there. I am buying two myself. Yep. We're, um, we have sold, pre-sold about five others. So mm-hmm. um, there is an an exciting kind of feel and opportunity up in Dyersburg. I mean, what sold it for me was like nine months ago, they put a Chick-fil-A up there, you know. I mean, <laughs> Chick-fil-A doesn't put restaurants where they're not going to be booming and growing and, or growing in activity. Yeah, yeah, so I'm excited about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, now we got – you know North Mississippi, Tipton County, uh, mm-hmm. Brownsville, Jackson, uh, Dyersburg, and all those towns in between. It now you Covington. Yep. You know what what that really does for us is is at any given moment we should help one of our thousand plus clients find a property. Yeah, you know what I mean. That that's mm-hmm. the key to all this is like, and if they want to sell something and move on, we have that. You know, we have buyers that are lined up to want to buy it. Yeah, so the variety the exchange, is what I'm excited about. The exchange of re- real estate, the variety, new yeah. construction to you know, low end, you know, low, uh, low price properties, those kind of things. So yeah. it kind of broadens our horizon. So, yeah, I mean, and then we just have, you know, 15 more employees, uh, yeah. excited about that. Just, you know, and it helps each office run better. Yeah. You know, it was fun to see several of the Dyersburg folk down in the office, uh, yeah. in Memphis yesterday, yeah. touring and, and meet in meetings and, you know, taking back what they, you know, what they talked about and applying it. And, and, which is great. And we're learning from them cause they got some stuff that, they were doing that we
1: we need to, to build on so
0: yeah i mean i just can't
1: be more excited about i think that is key that they're down i mean li- leaving everyone in place up there they know their market mm-hmm. they know their systems um uh, and then we can kind of learn from them like you just yeah. mentioned they can learn from us we can exchange you know the things we're doing systems we're using to, yep. to help everybody so that's great dyersburg yeah. i'm excited about dyersburg um uh, again i i stress on we can manage, we can do anything and everything up there that we can do in Memphis, so there's no difference in uh, mm-hmm. coverage and our capabilities. Yeah. It literally is just going to broaden and widen the, for my investors that are mainly listening to this, it will it introduces a new product, yeah. um, a new market, something different for you. That's what I've always, you've heard me say this and it's cheesy, but I've turned into a chameleon for our investors. You know, Whatever their goals are, whatever they're looking to do, I think it's my job as their representation agent to find the best product for their this is just something else that adds another yeah. um, another page, another fold into what you know we can offer offer our clients.
0: Yeah, and I just and and then you know at the same time too, from a high level, I mean the team up there has the same core values we do and same beliefs yeah. and just believe in long term partnerships and integrity and and just you know it was just a good fit. So yeah. uh, totally excited about all that, that that they bring and we bring together. Yeah, uh, just you
1: know one plus one equals three. You know that's yeah, how Doug right. and I got started. Right, that's so. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's, uh, uh what we're most excited about.
1: Um, okay. So that's our big announcement. Yeah. Let's dive into kind of our topic today. We're mm-hmm. going to get into, uh, for a few minutes, we're going to get into rental property analysis and, um, how to determine, uh, if the property's right for you, or if the property's right for anyone really. Yeah. So, uh, one of the first, uh, I don't want to say one of the first things, but one of the a quick and dirty, a quick and yeah, dirty. Uh, yeah, is the 1% rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get a lot of this on a national basis from investors all over the country. Um, hey, can you get me the 1% or can you get me a 1.2? Mm-hmm. And, and what we're talking about that is if you've got an $800 rental, um, a lot of times they're willing to pay $80,000 for the property. Now, right. it's got to be in good shape. I mean, we're talking mm-hmm. turnkey prices here, and what I mean by that is new roof, new floors, new kitchen, new countertops, mm-hmm. new HVAC, plumbing, water heater, et cetera. It's going to be low maintenance for several years in the that yeah. 1% rule type of property. Yeah, and we're we're finding a whole lot more of that, um, whether it's in South Memphis in the Whitehaven 38116 area, and or if it's even, you know, I'm seeing it move east, I think is the direction, Yeah, east over to 38115. So. Um, the 1% rule is, is something that we can find. Um, well explain that so that, uh, that how you calculate the 1%. So if it's, if it's an $80,000 house, it needs to rent for 1%. So $800. -hmm. So, you know, and it goes up $1,000, a $100,000 price. So you can find those properties. Those are turnkey Mm -hmm. prices now. So a turnkey provider might find that for you, um, I believe that we can do better than that. You know, Mm -hmm. I I try to get on the phone with the investors and let them know that, I, yes, I can find you that. There is a different way. There's another way, um, our Trinkier Alternative program that we've got. But the 1% rule is is a quick and easy way to find out, hey, is this something that qualifies for me? Um, I don't personally buy it but I'm also here in the trenches and I'm able to do things. If you're 3000 miles away and and, um, you're not wanting to be as hands on, you want to be a little more passive, then this is a great product for you. So, so two things when
0: I think about the 1% rule, like when I first started back in 01, you know, being an engineer, I was like, I got to figure out a quick way to analyze, to analyze. I was like, Mm -hmm. I get so much was being thrown at me. I was like, how do I analyze real quickly? Mm -hmm. And back then mine was 1.5. So, you know uh 800 rent would be you know like i can't remember that 50 is that yeah, right about f- 40 let's see do that real quick just so isn't that 40 is it 40 uh no, that's 2 60 80
1: 8 800 divided by
0: 60000 yeah, would be 60. 1.3 so it's 50 that's right it's 50, 50 grand okay. so back then it was 50 grand so that mm-hmm. was kind of my if i'm all in at 50 i felt good um, worked really well because property taxes and insurance kind of float right in there, in there mm-hmm. so that you know that the in net number, you know, so back then I knew if a 1.5% rule that I put on a 15 year note, I would break even, mm-hmm. you know, in the 1% rule, a 30 year note is what you're probably going to take with 25% down yep. and you're probably going to get a 10% return on your money on mm-hmm. what you put down. So you've bought a hundred thousand dollar house, put $25,000 down, you're probably going to net $2,500 net cash flow. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So yep. just for our listeners to understand why the 1% rule is is built, it's kind of built around that premise of trying to get to that, you know, 10% if you're doing a 30 year fixed with 25% down. Right. That's kind of the, the, the math and we're happy, you know, like you said, email us or call us and yeah. I'm happy to walk through that example, like how the math or any of these, as we talk through, because yep. it really needs to be, you know, do it
1: on paper to see it. But, yeah. Anyway. That's the one percent rule. It's it's popular. You're gonna hear mm-hmm. it on other podcasts. You're gonna hear it on bigger pockets. You're yeah. gonna hear it, you know, when we talk about it. So the one yeah. percent rule is definitely uh an easy way to analyze a property. Yeah. It's um I will tell you that, that kind of product that you find there should be in really, really good condition. If you're gonna pay that totally refurbished at that point. If it,
0: if it's not, if you're buying something one percent and still needs work, run. Run for the hills. You know, I think and then you know, if you see something that's 2% or 3%, I mean, there's stuff that we bought years ago was 3%. And that's, that's probably our worst performing product it's just to, so just keep that in mind. Good and we true. can explain that more offline, but mm-hmm. it's too good to be true. It looks great on paper, but yep. you know, when something's renting for, you know, $500 a month, I mean, we have some that are awesome, Yeah, but if you start looking at it, some, it's, it's a lady that's on social security that stayed there for five plus years, Yeah, you know, and so if it if you don't find that if you don't find that it's tough to, to make money but um and put, but people thrive in that and i think you know one thing i've learned in that is if you try it you will find some gold nuggets yep. and then there's always going to be this exchange of those houses always you know what i mean so yeah. anyway just keep that in mind as you're doing the 1% 2% 3% whatever your number is but come up with a number back into that one, that that number so when somebody sends you a deal in five seconds, you can, you can figure it out. Yeah, just, if it's at if least it's worth at least looking in, at. It passes what the sniff test. Yeah, you know, does it pass the sniff test? If it does, keep going. If not, you know, move yeah. on to the next deal.
1: I'd so. encourage you too on the one percent rule to look at your ARV of the area. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of times if you buy these one percenters, there's not an immediate exit strategy. Right, it's going to be tough to sell those. You need to make sure that um, when you talk to your agent or whoever you're talking to to do this that. Um, you can find out if you can get out of there. Because life happens. I know everybody says, oh, I'm going to keep it for 30 years. I right. get that. Uh, me too. Yeah. But stuff happens in yep. life, and you, and you never know. You always want to have that exit strategy. All those five Ds, death, dis- disability, divorce,
0: drugs. I can't remember the fifth. Death, divorce, disability, drugs.
1: And something. dementia dimension. Yeah, <laughs> you like that. That was good. I, uh, I don't think that was it, but I, well, I'd make that a six. Right? That's right. <laughs> um, all right, so let's let's move to cash flow. That's the one yeah. percent rule again. Email us. Uh, we gave our email address mm-hmm. out at the very beginning. Shoot us an email if you have any questions. Let's talk about cash flow. That if it's not if it's not one percent rule, the, the next question I get is always cash flow. How much is this property going to cash flow? Mm-hmm. And man, oh man, are there so many different factors <laughs> that go into that? Because. You know, each individual is gonna is gonna set it up differently. They might have yeah. a loan, they might not have a loan. Some people want cash on cash. Right. Talk a little bit about cash flow and what people should be looking at and be aware of.
0: You know, it's basically what's your monthly or annual cash that's left after expenses and your debt service, what's your mortgage or your your mm-hmm. what's your loan cost for that property? So it's the net net. So um, you know, what expenses, like, let me ask you, what what expenses come to your mind when you talk about what's to get to the net
1: cash flow? What, what expenses do you put I in there? I put in taxes and insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, I will put in management fees. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll budget in a little maintenance mm-hmm. um, and some vacancy. Yep, vacancy that's, about, bad that's about all that I, that I put in there. Now, I've yep. seen, I mean, I've seen guys put in all kinds of stuff and they can spreadsheet a house to death and no house will ever work for them, right. but... Those are the main things that I put in there. Now, if I'm in a certain area where it's going to be a little more challenging, I might raise those percentages up or down depending on the product that I'm buying. Like, so I just said earlier, I'm going to buy two of these new construction ones in Dyersburg. Well, I'm not mm-hmm. going to budget a whole lot of maintenance right up front for that. Everything's under warranty. Everything's under warranty, and you, you don't have to. So um, it'll be something that you factor in later on, but it's not something that I, you know, that I put in now. So it just depends on your product. If you're buying a lower end $30,000 product um, that is going to, Obviously, require more maintenance, then you might want to move that up from the standard ten percent to maybe fifteen to twenty, um, and just see if that works. You, you're you're way more. I will tell you this, you're, you're way more conservative on on this than I am. And, and, and depending on the area, so if it's in mm-hmm. a, if it's a pretty good house in a pretty good area, I'm sticking to the thirty and thirty-five percent. You you bump already down to what forty and forty-five total? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 closer to fifty. And, and and what we mean by that is if if you take fifty percent of your gross ex, um, expenses and you take them out of there, and it's still a deal for you, then that's that's a winner. That's what you're saying, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't quite go. I mean, unless we're down into that five hundred dollar property. I mean, if we get over into the six and seven hundred and eight hundred dollar rentals, I, I try to stay around that thirty five percent. But if you want to be uber conservative, you know, and, and make sure that it yeah. works, you can go fifty percent. Well, and the big thing for
0: us. So a couple of things, you know, with cash flow I, I put vacancy bad debt at ten percent. Yep. That's that's either a house is vacant or somebody's just slow paying pay and could turn into bad debt. Mm-hmm. Uh management, I put at ten percent. Some you know, anywhere from so eight to twelve, you know. My buddy Depending Hunter in South Carolina gets that twelve percent. So Does he really? Yeah, man. Twelve percent. Uh maintenance, I put at twenty twenty percent. And let me you know, that's going to include like utility costs when it was vacant. I mean, a turnover cost and some people would call it cap, would split that into maintenance versus CapEx, you know, or operating costs insurance about 8%, you know, of your total. And then taxes about 12. So that's where I get my 50, but I'm doing it because I'm putting it to the side and letting it be ran, you know, with somebody else overseeing it. So I just want to make sure that, without me personally involved the the, the thing's going to, you know, well, I can tell you way. this,
1: if you budget 50%, I feel like you're going to be super safe. Yes. That's, that's not, that's I my whole point. Yeah. I don't <laughs> take Right. And, 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 maybe, maybe I should go a little more safer than sorry, but I, I don't typically, I don't typically go to 50 unless it's a $500 or lower rental. I'll go to 50. Now I've heard, you know, I've heard some people say up in uh, the North Haven area, you can go to 60%, 65% and if it still works, you're okay up there. But, um, um yeah, it's dangerous. I don't even feel right, cool like that. Uh,
0: that's right. So, I mean, so just an example. And this is where the assumptions piece comes in. If I took a $60,000 $60, house with just say no money down, just say it's $60,000. Okay. $800 rent, mm-hmm. all right? 800 times 12, $9,600. Mm-hmm. Well, that note itself on a 15-year note is 474 So let me let me, let me me back in. Let me Let me do a 30-year note. Let's just do 30 to make it.
1: Don't you love these podcasts where we can just take our time and do whatever we want? I know. <laughs>
0: 322, so that's 322 a month. Yeah. Times 12 is 3,864. And what I'm saying is you're $4,800, so that 9,600. So 12 months times 800, 9,600. Half of that I'm saying going away for taxes, bad debt, insurance, maintenance, taxes. Mm-hmm. You'll be left with 4,800. Debt service is 3,800. That leaves you 1000 bucks. So if you're put on 30-year note and you put, you know, Ten thousand dollars to get to that sixty k note. Yep, your returns ten percent. So, yep. But in this example of just talking about cash flow, we we're saying that one house is going to produce at, when it has a debt service thousand dollars a month or year a year. Mm-hmm. A year. Mm-hmm. So divided by twelve is what eighty eighty five bucks something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and most people a bigger pockets you hear people talk about the hundred fifty dollars a month kind of stuff. I'm not saying this is the best deal. I'm just giving numbers sure to go through, but. You know, for us, for me, when I first started, I was doing the fifty percent rule, and I was trying to get where my note was going to be my cash flow at the end, Mm -hmm. with an aggressive fifteen-year note. You know, because when I just did the math here, fifteen-year notes break even, at best. That's right. Does that make sense? Yep. Thirty-year notes cash flow. Fifteen-year break even. So when you're doing the one percent rule, you know, kind of a thumb check cash flow is just kind of saying, what is it you want out of this? Like, do you want cash flow? Some people don't care about cash flow I didn't care about cash flow because I had a W2 I don't either you know you're just doing it for future options and a bit you know mm-hmm. opportunities boom you know down the road not one year out two year anymore like but I'll
1: tell you what that's not the most popular opinion I agree yeah. more more people more Are people talking about cash flow they're talking about cash flow than they're talking about hey let's pay them off
0: no I had two new people yesterday that's that's what we talked about was cash flow they they want to replace their 65,000 dollars salary and they wanted 30 houses that were doing you know Fifteen hundred bucks a month, something like that. Uh, total you, for the thirty houses. Do you
1: feel like that's risky? Mm-hmm. I do too. If you're banking on, if you're, if you're banking, banking on it, yeah. it I, I feel like it's more of a risk than I would take. Yeah, it's it's because the variables are so unknown with a yeah. with a tenant. I mean, you're like yeah. you're banking on a tenant. Yeah, that's you're, what you're, you're not really buying, banking on the else, house. Yeah. So you're banking on a tenant. Yeah, to and, pay and to come through for you. It's just. I get a little hesitant. I mean, now, of course, people would say, well, you're doing that for retirement. Well, yes, but I hope at that point I don't have any debt service. I can take a whole lot of that away, mm-hmm. the debt service and some of the things like that that, that will hold you back on there. Um,
0: well, one thing that I learned with my, the portfolio that I started out before Douglas and I came Partners is like once you pay down so fast, you can throttle back or do some adjustments. Like when I quit work, I was able to redo the note and throttle back on my monthly note amount yep. by amortizing a little differently yep. and so what history like going at it hard one way or the other either 30 year note with cash flow and put that money back down on the property or 15 year note and just suck it up and maybe pay from your W2 Yeah, you know that there's all kinds of different strategies on that that you can, use. That you can use but mm-hmm. you know what I just saw was just I paid down so hard so fast that I was able to re so like so if you have say two million dollars in notes mm-hmm. so just for example and 15 years, note you know. In seven years, I think it's like you're at 40% paid off of that note. Yeah. So, so you get 1.2 million, and you could reamortize that back to 15. Mm-hmm. You get some tremendous cash flow.
1: You cash have several, flow in because you know what that that mm-hmm. what were you gonna say? It's cash flow in and equity. Equity. I didn't think you should yeah. go do something. That's right. With. There's there's
0: options. That's that's mm-hmm. to me that's the bigger piece of real estate is the options. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it gives you options. If we if I hadn't started at 27 and done, you know, pushed hard, I would not have options here today. Yep. You know what I mean? But because we got started and did some stuff like that. You've got options. Got options. Yeah. So that's that's the
1: big piece. And you never know. You you know, the first thing you say is, hey, I'm going to pay these off and, and use these for, for retirement or whatever you're giving to my kids or whatever you're going to say. But you never know. You might want that cash flow later on. So it's, mm-hmm. it's good to keep those options open. All right. We had a question asked. Yes. On the Facebook page, go ahead. Yeah, friend Spencer Glazer asked us about
0: would I prefer or we prefer one point five percent, you know, uh a D class property versus a one percent
1: B. Yeah. And uh oh what do you think? Um I don't know that one point five goes all the way down to D. Um mm-hmm. I, I would say it would be a C. And if that's mm-hmm. the the reality, then I'll take the one point five at a C. You would? Yeah. I'll be darned. Yeah.
0: See, I so I would say it depends, like a politician.
1: Yeah, I think if you're out of state and you know, well, you're asking me now. <laughs> no, no, you ask me. Instead. What I would take, I'd take the 1.5. Now, what I advise would be something maybe a little different. All right, what do you advise? I'd advise the the one the one percenter in a B because they're That's out of state. They don't want the maintenance. It's easier. Mm-hmm. Tenants are usually stronger. Dual incomes in the household mm-hmm. typically. So if mom or dad loses their job, there's there's somewhere to pay the rent. That's what I'm advising because it is safer. I can take that chance because I'm here and I can, mm. I can easy your access to things to fix it and correct it. But what, what say you? So what say you?
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I would say, well, a couple
0: things. Well, you hate man. going on the record, man. <laughs> yeah. Let me think real hard before I answer this question because it's on recorded, right? Um, yeah, right. Gil. Is this, yeah, this is perpetuity. <laughs> yeah, just... uh, so I think everybody starts, not everybody. A large portion of people that get investing start in the 1.5 to C and D property type, because we don't have any money. You know what I mean? Just so trying to get into So yeah. I think getting in the game that's a it's an okay strategy. Yeah. And I think where Douglas and I messed up and just would just lick our wounds and just say we if we had to do it over again we'd say we needed analysis very early on to identify those that were dragging us down. We were just ripping and running so fast that we had some that we bought that we should never, you know, okay to buy, but should never held. Does that make sense? Yes. So I think that's an okay strategy to get in. I think we are trying to slowly sell off those D's and move into more of C plus B minus, maybe even B plus, you know, who knows, but where I've only seen people that, that, that are successful in, and I'm I'm sticking with the D Comet C minus D is usually a local operator, that goes and collects his own rent, does a lot of his own maintenance. Yeah, you know, just just runs it as a mom and pop. He's hustling. He's hustling. I mean, it's a part of his, his she, he she's he hustling. or she yeah. That's true. There is some she's that are doing for a really sure. good job doing oh, that. Yeah. But thank you for that. <laughs> the uh, um, is that they 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 control those expenses because they're doing what they're essentially doing is creating a job, and they're making the money. They bought it so cheap, and since they're all day every day, and then they might have a handyman that rides around with them or something to kind yeah. of do the, some of the heavy lifting, but they right. they essentially created a job for themselves. They're all day, every day, collecting rent, doing maintenance, yeah. but being paid very well. I mean, I, I know one guy was making a couple hundred thousand doing this strategy, yeah. which is great, yeah. but I mean, you he's know, he's wild. still he's running wild. You know, like his phone, I went to lunch with him because he was talking about selling. He's like 74 years old. I'm not kidding. You know, like mine hadn't buzzed this whole time we've been here. Yeah. His buzzed at least ten times in an hour of tenants and vendors and subs. You know what I mean. And he's seventy four. Seventy four. He's still, still loving know, it. I would say loving it. I think he's just he didn't he <laughs> didn't know a way out. And That's all he knows. He doesn't have any other hobbies. And so anyway, I hope that answers the question for Spencer. Like yeah. it's an it's an it depends, and I think it's very specific to the person. Yeah, definitely think it's worth looking at to get in to the business. Yeah, uh, especially if there's owner financing involved. I mean. If somebody has a D property and says, I'll finance that to you, say, say, normally you'd think, well, it's 25000 but if he'll finance it to you for thirty, you know, I'm taking that all day. I would still do that to this
1: day. You would accept a higher sales price to owner finance.
0: Yeah. And yeah. just take that owner finance. I would take that risk on that D. And the reason I would do that is because that person has owned it before. Yep. And now he's got skin in the game because if I fail, he fails. Yep. Does that make sense? Yes. So there's some, you know, it, it's a much deeper question than right. just saying one versus the other, but B is definitely going to give you a longer term tenant. This that 50% rule that I told you about expenses probably goes back up to probably 30, 35 ish. Yeah. You know, something like that. So that's why on paper, you know, if you just did the same assumptions, yeah, the the, the C and D is going to look like it kills it. But, you ratchet back the expenses on the B at the yeah. end of the day at your net result. So anyway, yeah, no, it's
1: two, it's definitely two different ways to think about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just depends on how, like what you said, how involved you want to be and how active you want to be in it. If you're asking me personally, I take the lower end. If you're asking me for clients or for whoever we're talking to, I, I, I go up to the, to the B uh, one percenters. And and I don't, I don't say that because it's an e I I say that just because I'm trying to protect that client um, from the things that you just talked about. So t- today, go ahead. Dan. No, I just, and I would say, from a management like that's that's funny you
0: can just throw another hat like yeah. from a management perspective i would rather just have all b's yeah you know if at the end because there's a lot of our you know peer uh, friendly competitors that we work with that they send us stuff anything underneath 800 bucks and it's because we had to be in it anyway because we own that product yeah you know what i mean but mm-hmm. it is i could have less staff we could have less staff if we just had you know a thousand B properties versus a thousand oh, yeah. A, B, C, and D. You know what I mean? Like no, it takes it, a lot more to keep. It them takes up. a lot more, you know. Yep. And and Spencer's colleague at the at the law firm does all our evictions, so he could tell you like, is he seeing the Cordovas and the <laughs> Arlington houses, or is he seeing the ones that you know tougher in lower areas. price, tougher areas? I mean, I think that
1: that answered should answer a lot answer of the question. Yeah, that's right. Guys, we're talking about rental property analysis in terms this morning. Uh, we talked about the one percent rule, uh, the cash flow. Mm-hmm. Um, let, let's bounce into these. We've got a few more and a little bit of time left here. Let's get into net operating income. Mm-hmm. Um, define that for me. Let, talk about what net operating income means t- to an investor. It's
0: essentially cash flow without the debt service.
1: Right. So it's just cash another, on cash. Yeah. I mean, we we're,
0: we'll get on that. That's the last one. Actually, that's Is what's it? so funny. Like oh, yeah. they're they're very similar, mm-hmm. but um, it's just what's your
1: income without debt service? All right. Let's do this then. Why don't you yeah. explain the difference between net operating income and cash on cash returns? If they're, if they're a little bit different, let's talk about the differences in them.
0: It's really not much. I mean, yeah. I think that uh, uh, it's it's the it's a percent net uh, cash on cash return is a percentage. Yep. Net operating income is cash. A dollar amount. A dollar amount. So mm-hmm. that's really probably the biggest difference
1: um, that I would see. Because I have a lot of people that ask about, hey, what's the cash on cash return? Mm-hmm. It's a popular term too. Bigger Pockets as It's popular on them.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you want to jump into that one,
1: um, uh, we, let's continue on. Let's we'll go in order. Continue on net operating income. Define uh, it's all the monthly expenses, uh, mm-hmm. excluding the debt service. And what do you use, you know, to calculate your retirement income? You got an example of that.
0: So it's kind of go back to what we talked about earlier. You know, if you if if you're spend, you have ninety six hundred dollars in income, mm-hmm. eight hundred dollars rent times twelve, ninety six hundred, and your expenses are forty eight hundred. Your net operating income is 4800 bucks, and then you add in your debt service so that's that's when you all right so another way to look at that you got $4,800. bucks all right how does my debt structure need if that deal looks good and, and fits what you want, how does that debt structure you know because there's looking back on it now there's houses that Dougs and I put on I mean we put stuff on notes, notes, yeah. note, five year notes seven year note 12 year note 15. Mm-hmm. there's I, I can look back and think about product we probably should put on a 20 year note you know what i mean like yeah. and people say why do you want to do that it's, well it's a good house has some appreciative i mean there's all kinds of reasons why you'd want that particular property
1: but that 20 you don't mind carrying the debt on it
0: yeah, yeah. i mean and and it's a long term perspective i'm not looking for you know next yeah. couple of years but if i'd put on 20 year i would have had more i would have had net operating income would look different to to pay for that debt service then would in turn give me that net cash flow that we talked about earlier right. you know after debt service so um but I've always used the net operating income, what's left you know, after all my expenses, uh, usually goes to debt service, but that's kind of what I quote on my retirement income. Right. That net right. operating income is my retirement income
1: when the debt service is paid for. That's right. Does that make sense? Yep. So that's the way I look at it. All right, let's move over to cap rate. This one is a popular one. It's a big time popular one yeah. in multifamily. Yep. Uh, cap rate just basically tells you how the property's performing at what rate. Um, it, you can factor this a million different ways. Um, it it is a strong indicator of the value of the property. As a matter of fact, I mean that's how a lot of these are valued. Mm-hmm. Um, is how the cap rate and how it's performing. Um, it's a good way to compare different types of properties, um, whether it be a you know, an eighty unit complex or whether it's a, a quad or whatever it could be. I mean mm-hmm. there's a, there's just different ways to, to analyze those. I have um, to get used to seeing people by the way. Huh? People keep walking by and i recognize recognized yeah, waves. Oh I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's an adjustment. You it's a know? little bit different Locking than, in. than that matchbox right.
0: we were in. Yep. Um But but cap rates are great for you can now you start seeing should I invest in multifamily or even industrial. I mean, we certain people start, we're looking at warehouses or a yeah. single family or duplex. This kind of levels the playing field of, you know, where I should put my money and what's that return look like. Mm-hmm. So you take your net operating income, which we talked about was all your expenses, you know, your, your, your gross, you know, your, your rents that you bring in, minus your expenses, your net operating income and divide it by the purchase price, that, you know, what you are all in on buying that property. Yep. So if you're, Net operating income was forty eight hundred dollars. Sticking with that theme, and you paid forty eight thousand dollars. Your cap rate's ten percent. Ten percent. You know. So, yep. you know. And I, I was trying to think through the ranges. You know, in Memphis, you're seeing stuff from four to fifteen. Yes. You know, so four would be you know an A class, yep. you know, high rise that's been built. You know, institutional type product. Yep. Safe. Uh, yeah. Safe. Pa- very passive. It just mm-hmm. it's It's new. It's it's just sitting there and generating a four percent return, fifteen percent. It's gonna take a lot more work. It's that C and D property we talked about earlier, and you know. But I will say we've seen the rates shift since you and I first started even working together in two thousand twelve. Yeah. You know that ten percent property is probably more like you know seven or eight. It is now. You know. But Mm -hmm. and so you're like, all right, you know, why would you still do that here in Memphis? You know, and the answer is. Because LA is two percent. <laughs> you know, like yeah. other in New York is almost zero. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're 'cause they're playing the appreciative play. There's no cash flow That's right. So to speak, generalizing here, but on something you buy in New York. You know what I mean? You're yeah. you're 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 hoping to buy it on the low yeah. and wait till it rises back up and sell. That yeah. They're not doing it to live off the cash flow or no. you know. So cap rates it normalizes from city to city. Mm-hmm. It helps just, it's a quick and dirty way of uh, different asset classes and all that stuff. So, you know, I never talked in those terms. My first 10 years of doing this business, I Man, just, I
1: have the last few, I mean, that's but the extreme. last few is just ratcheted up and that's yeah. what you, you know, you I think in it comes from the education of investors too. I mean, when, yeah. ed- when investors are educated and they're, uh, a little farther down the road, mm-hmm. they start talking about these sort of things, and that's good. You know, when I get on the phone, and I start hearing, "Hey, you know, I figured out this cap rate and that and that." Yeah. And I'm like, "Okay, at least you've, you know, at least you've done a little homework and you know what's going on and how to calculate how it. How to one. calculate it. That's right. Yeah.
0: The problem is when you have real, unreal, unrealistic expectations on really any of these. Uh, that that applies you know, for everything we're talking about uh, today. Yeah,
1: not just this one. But if you got to set your expectations right. I mean, um, if you want to court over a Cordova house and you're
0: saying, "I want a 15% return," no. Yeah. You know, that's usually a short conversation for us. Let me know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was like, that. I want it. Yeah. yeah. If I get that, you're not getting it. No, no. I'm just joking. But. Yeah.
1: No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> you find a fifteen in Cordova, that's your house. Yeah, that's true.
0: Yeah. You know, we need to find that one that now Wendy Grinlill talked about, five thousand dollar or wherever that was. <laughs> oh, but man.
1: now but you yeah. are right. It, it's um it, it's it's a it's a way to determine a value. Mm-hmm. It is, especially on big properties with, with lots of units. Um it, it is a um something that people live by. Now, the mm-hmm. question you need to determine is what do you want your cap rate to be? You need to figure mm-hmm. out how how valuable your money is. You, you want, you know, are you going to set the standard? I've got to have this and I've got to have that. Well, that's the, that's fine. We can go out and find it. I can get a little deeper in this to property specific because, it, yeah. you know, different properties are going to have different things that are factored into that. So I think it is important to understand that like a duplex and a triplex is going to be a little bit different valued, and come up with a cap rate, a little bit different than let's say a hundred unit apartment mm-hmm. complex that you've got. So just be careful of who you're listening to and, and what's on that cap rate. That would be the first thing is how'd you determine that you need to see the expenses and different things that are going on with each property and kind yeah. of determine cause you know, are they leaving stuff out to show a better cap rate? So if somebody says, Hey, this is an 11 cap, I'm like, oh, that's great news. Send me how you, you know, how you came up with that. So we, you know, we can determine if it's, if it's, you know, something we're interested in.
0: And we hadn't really hit on this through the analysis, you know, talking through this, but like, when somebody, uh, the the whole pro forma thing drives me crazy. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you get help, especially a multifamily, you get hit up on that, like, (laughs) why is everything in a a multifamily? Not everything. That's absolute. Look at you. Catch myself. But majority of things you see come, pro forma, you know, hey, it's been at 60% occupancy the last three years and maintenance at 10%, all this stuff. But hey, it's actually, pro forma, I'm going to sell you to this asset on a ten percent return, assuming that it's ninety percent occupied, ten percent. You know what I mean? Like
1: it's it, performer or value add. Whenever someone says value add, I get a little, you know, yeah, squirmish on it. Like and Ooh. people
0: love the value add, but you have to be able to buy it at the value add price. That's the problem. That the <laughs> the, the, the discrepancy is like they want they like they already added the value by creating a performer. Hey, well, look, well, this thing can. well so if you're it being, can, then why
1: aren't you doing it? You're being sold something then. Yes, that's when you're being sold. Yes, so just be careful on that when
0: talking about performers, and that's a little bit tangent, but yeah, it's I think, right. uh, uh, cap rates is a good, you know, I, and, and I will tell you this, this is to me, it also helps you decide where to put your money, mm-hmm. you know, like if, if CDs are, you know, for whatever reason, go up to 5% and you've been investing in Cordova houses that were 5%, mm-hmm. you might want to consider doing a CD, yeah. you know, like, yeah, it helps you make those decisions on that's right. The risk reward analysis and and where to put your money to work because that's what we're at the end of the day we're all just trying to put our money to work and what's the best return we can get that's right by doing that so.
1: uh cash on cash our last one uh touch on it real quick dan because it's a little bit like net operating income yes yeah, basically you know if you're uh putting twenty five thousand dollars down
0: yep what's your you know cash on cash return it's pretty simple it's pretty simple. Yeah, what so, are you getting
1: back for that? Don't include the debt service on it. Just go with whatever cash you put down, and what's the return on that cash?
0: Well, you do do you do do the you include the debt include the service. The service. service, okay. So it's 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 the it's the um, it would be the you talking about your down payment debt service. It's your cash flow, okay, yeah. Your net cash flow, yeah, with which includes debt service, divided by your initial investment. Mm-hmm. So if you put you know twenty five thousand dollars down, and you got you know. Twenty five thousand dollar return. That's a hundred percent, you know, return on your money. Right. Love to have that. Yeah, find but, me one of those. Yeah, just uh. So anyway, I mean, all of these are, are, you know, I guess that because you know I put that as a rhetorical question. What's the best analysis tool to use? I mean, what like for you. What's the one you use the most? Which one do you hear? You talked about cap rates. That's the one I heard you perk up. Like you hear it a, a bunch. I hear
1: it a lot. I hear cap rates a lot. I, the one When you bought I...
0: those new construction or buying them, did, did you use cap rates or did you use cash flow? Did you use...
1: I used you use um, to... the... 1% or the 1.2 I, I figured it up like that so so when I'm going into one I try to get the 1.5 that's me it's a little bit lower in property mm-hmm. um I I shoot for that my ideal is all in at 40 41 42 grand and it rents for 700 so I don't know what that one five one six that might be somewhere in that right. neighborhood so that's kind of what I look for but I don't I don't buy multifamily. so mm-hmm. it, it's it's or I haven't I don't have anything yeah. against it I just hadn't bought any yet but uh, if I go to multifamily, I want to shift over to a cap rate and, mm-hmm. and try to figure it out from that single family I use the you know the one point you know five, whatever you're trying to find. What about mm-hmm. you? I would say I'll, I've always used cash flow mm-hmm. and so
0: I wanted early on my assumptions were bad, so I wanted to have fifteen hundred dollars per year of net cash flow after everything. Yep. And when I say my assumptions are bad, I didn't have enough of maintenance back then. Yeah. So now, if I have a 15-year note, I want to break even, and you know, and mine's a little different from what we did years ago. It's just a sense of we try to have no money down. Yeah. So my return, my cap rate looked like, and you know, not my, yeah, my cap cap rate and my cash on cash return looked like infinity. Yeah. Because I wasn't putting money into it. Right. You know, those days are harder and harder to come by, yeah. unless you find seller financing or something like mm-hmm. that. But. Um, uh, I, I try to use cash flow. Um, you know, that, that's,
1: that's mine. That's what uh, you go to.
0: And I guess my question, another question I had, is it okay to use more than one? Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I
1: think if you're buying a different product or a different area or a yep. different price range, I think it's fine to use a different one. I don't think you, that's one thing I, about investing in real estate is I don't think you should stick to just one thing and say, Hey, I'm not doing anything but that. Mm-hmm. I think you're limiting yourself and you could miss out on an opportunity or, uh, put yourself in the kind of pigeonhole yourself in a corner to where it's, uh, you know, you're only stuck to one thing. I think you should be open-minded and, and use, you know, have the ability to use a different analysis. And, you know, if it's something that you can analyze two different ways, you know, maybe you, you're double analyzing a property just to confirm that, mm-hmm. that that's what you want to do. I mean, I think that's possible too.
0: And, you know, if, when you save multifamily versus single family, are you seeing people use different tools for those two?
1: No. I'm seeing people use cap, cap rate, rate for multifamily. Rate. Only. This now it's
0: becoming the norm to cap yeah. rate.
1: We're figuring out cap rates and helping them. Trying to, you know, Randall Weatherall, he's our multifamily specialist, but he he is working with investors to figure out what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Then he can learn what they what they look for in a cap rate. and He can go find that. And then it kind of is with me, like you know, what does an investor look for? Well, we go and try to find that. It's the same thing with Randall. I mean, they're, they're cap rate for multifamily is about all we hear. Yeah, don't typically hear cash flow.
0: No, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I did hear. Cap, that's funny. I heard a cap rate. I had two new investor calls yesterday. One was cap rate. One was cash flow. But one, well, the cash flow was trying to quit. That was Safe. his goal. Right. He was trying to get his salary replaced and keep his expenses minimum. Right. And and retire there. But you know, I think the key piece to all this, I was kind of to wrap it up, is buying it right. We always say that. You know, that ought to be
1: like a slogan. Slogan. A we need thing. to put on the
0: on the on our new on Buy, our glass. Right. Maybe Gil let us put it right here. Killers. Buy right. And so then <laughs> people walk by. What's that? What's that mean? All those new, new sheriffs in town are in the <laughs> podcast. But, uh, yeah. Some should have to be realistic and conservative. Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, if, just watch out for red flags. When you're out there buying property and somebody says, you know, <laughs> 3% for maintenance. Yeah. And it's not new construction with warranties and all that stuff. To me, that's a red flag. Yeah. If they say a multifamily's got, you know, four percent vacancy rate. That joker better be an A plus property. Yep. You know, in a college town, or if you know not, what I mean, like yeah, something just... that just doesn't. The intuitively that doesn't make sense. But if you're new, you don't know that. That's right. And so you really need to understand. You need to read. You know, we talk about this all the time. Education, education, education. Get out there and and understand what's what. What the ranges you get in the A, B, and C and D, so that when you talk to a provider, a turnkey person, or a real estate agent, or whoever you're talking to you know that when you see those numbers, wait a second, those don't look. Yeah, they did not look th- right. Some do not smell right. You know, yeah. like let me see how you're only getting 3% and they say for maintenance, for example, well, I don't have any receipts. I just got this Excel. I mean, Ugh. Excel spreadsheet in this world is like a kiss of
1: death in my opinion. It, it's, it's, you know, like there, it's no more important than these notes that we no, that showed up. I on. mean, <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's coming from a guy that the first 10 years. That's all I did was Excel and I could make those numbers whatever I want them to, yeah. you know, like it, it it just versus like, and I guess that goes back into the whole professionally property managed, you know, if you're, if you're not going to use professional property management, use a professional property management software. Yeah. You know, so that something, something that, you know, you can still play games with it, but it's going to look a little bit more cleaner and, you know, have the history that you can just push with a A button. More professional. Yeah. I mean, not, you know, so yeah, it, it just, just keep that in mind when you're, when you're out there looking at deals and, um, Anyway, I hope this was helpful. Yeah, think, I'm uh, sure. It's good for me to revisit it. To break these down every... every yeah, because we're uh, talking about it so every often. day. I feel That's like right. this, this, is, this is our bread and butter. We talk about it all the time, you know, all yep. day, every day, with somebody just wanting to know this kind of information.
1: Kind of right. so. Dan, thanks for joining me again. Yeah, uh, appreciate Excited you guys to listening here. today. Go to our uh, the show's website, uh, CrestCoreRealty.com, www.CrestCoreRealty.com, and then you can email me, Dean, at CrestCore.com, and then Dan, what was your email? Dan
0: at 6amcc.com.
1: All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next Wednesday at 11 a.m. All right. Thanks. I, I can get it tough.